so that right. oh i have to consider the source like it clicked in this remember this mm -hmm. is 05 where you would yeah. buy a toaster and that was your relationship with the toaster you can go back and write this toaster fucking blows this toaster's whole family needs to be killed fuck this toaster's got no talent remember you didn't right you didn't review toasters right, right. so this is there was a time before that Dystopia tonight. Get out of town. Fucking Dystopia tonight. Yo. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming, man. You, man. Yeah, I no really worries. appreciate you guys. Nice intro. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I mean, I feel like now Heckler needs like an update. Like you need you need to add like something at the end of it now with that whole fucking Chris Rock Will Smith shit. Because that documentary was fucking huge to me when I was starting out doing stand-up, man, because it felt like, you know, uh just just getting people to watch that who don't know what we do. You know, and not quite understanding what it's like to be in random places with strangers that you do not know in, you know, traveling the country and shit like that and kind of getting, you know, a feel for it, too. Um, it, it was it was awesome, man. And it was also kind of cathartic, too, because all the people that you interviewed, it's nice to know that everybody fucking goes through it. And it's not just, you know, you. Yeah, I mean, like, look, it's that movie was made from pain. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it was, you know, I, people ask, well, how'd you start? You like this or that. It's like, mm -hmm. listen, I just wanted to be, I didn't even know what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the game. You know what I mean? I yeah. got very lucky. I, a movie came to Philadelphia called Dead Poets Society. After wanting to be somehow an actor or whatever, I signed up. I got picked as an extra. It was, I got to stand next to Robin Williams for two days. It was like life changing. It was the end of my wow. high school. And then I was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, I had a teacher who was a substitute who was a big comic in Philly. And he would come in and do Daffy Duck impressions. And I'm like, George Hopkins <laughs> teaching us geometry. Like, this is <laughs> like, he would kill it. We follow the goofy. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is Richard. And I, and I never knew it. He's like, well, keep doing math, kid. It's going to end up like me. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, substitute teaching and doing fucking shitty one nighters. And Poughkeepsie, oh. I'm like, what is a shitty one? So I was probably like 17, and but I had these weird ass mentors that didn't know they were mentoring me, right? Right. So, yeah. so once I graduated high school, which I would have quit gladly, but my mother was very, you know, wanted to do that. I just was like, started to learn pizzas, got into stand up, right? But just that's a longer story. But I wanted to be an actor, stand up. I had no idea. You know, my 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 people were Eddie Murphy. You know, that was like, that's who my hero was, you know, Rodney, yeah. these different, Joan Rivers, uh, who did it all. Joan was less of an actor, yeah. but, you know, she did right. a lot of TV. And, um, did you get to meet Rodney and Joan or any of them? Never Joan. Her daughter, very nice. Melissa had some good times with her. Um, nice. Rodney, I met, I he bumped me at the factory. <laughs> he bumped me at the improv. Oh wow! Um, 
and uh, he killed. And then it's like that thing where you're like the new comic and you're like, and now me. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I know this is a God given moment. Like this is so special. And I went up and that kind of thing kind of worked like now this guy. And then I said to Rodney from stage, I was like, dude, how do I get to like, you know, audition for you? And I'll never, I, I'm trying to work the impression. He walked out and he goes, you got to have jokes, kid. <laughs> and then, like, in the middle of, like, my set, oh, like, <laughs> harder than anything I could have ever, the, yeah, he was, his his heckle was the funniest shit. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I got to work on, you got to have jokes. Literally, he said that. <laughs> so hilarious. But, I mean, if you're going to get, if you're going to get bumped, that's the way to get bumped. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, uh, which is a whole other thing, which I tell people now, we used to have something called Young Showcase Night in the 90s, where unknown comics would go up for people to see who's out there. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. We don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? No, it's no. Like, they, all the headliners would be on the road making millions of dollars, not doing 10 <laughs> minutes, which yeah. that's a whole other ball of wax. I know, so, man. It fucking sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> you wouldn't see anybody past the middle in the clubs. Right. They would all be on the road. So, yeah. Heckler was born out of, you know, really a love letter in a way. I loved Comedian, and I think that's an amazing documentary. Yeah, it's a great and one. And I just was like, comedy was the hardest thing. But yet it's kind of the most respectful because at yeah. least the hecklers are there. Like, like, you know, Dice said that to me. He's like, dude, hecklers at least say it to your face. And it's yeah. like online and reviewers and online. So that's what the movie was. It was slowly how we're morphing in to a heckling culture. So to, to now, hecklers have whole careers. People <laughs> do a whole thing of what I call negging people. Yeah. Where, you know, they talk shit and they become bigger. There's been bloggers that have done this and become huge. And quite frankly, comedians, rappers do it. Everybody does it, right? Yeah. I don't, I just want to do what I do. But it was very painful. And um, once I, like you said, once I met, there were two moments in my career. Once I met George Lucas. Wow. Was one, when the IMDb boards had talked back and somebody said something bad about Robert De Niro in the movie. And I said, oh, okay, this is this is all BS now because you can never say anything bad about Robert De Niro's acting. Like, he's one of the greatest. Like So that, right. oh, I have to consider the source. Like, it clicked in. This, remember, this mm -hmm. is 05 where you would yeah. buy a toaster and that was your relationship with the toaster. You can go back and buy, this toaster fucking blows. This toaster's whole family needs to be killed. Fuck this toaster. has got no talent. Remember? You didn't, right. You didn't review toasters. Right. right. So this is, there was a time before that. And the second time I did it was when I met George Lucas, when I was filming my show for MTV. And it was a long, crazy story. But, and he did the interview for me for Heckler. And he's like, wow. He basically said, dude, there's creators and there's destroyers. Align mm -hmm. yourself with the creators. It was very, very Star Wars in a way he said it. And oh, yeah, yeah. So it made me feel like you said, I felt, okay, we're always going to have these negative things yeah, yeah absolutely and it does free you up to like really because because you know what's crazy is like like you probably remember when you were a kid 
you weren't aware of any of that shit when you were making stuff, whether it sucked, whether, whether what anybody thought of it, when you were a kid and you were creating anything or writing anything, you just fucking slapped it against the wall and had a blast and showed it to your friends and laughed if it was ridiculous and then went about your day. And now as we, you get older, you're like, Oh man, like you're just filled riddled with these insecurities. It's nice to have, to be able to get back to that, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I was telling this last night, I was saying to somebody, I, I, I feel like, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like comedy is kind of at the center of the universe mm-hmm. at the moment. Between whether we're talking about news, you know, comedians are being talked about that, if this is right information. Whether yeah. it's a scandal, comedians are talking about that. Whether, and I feel like, it's never been the greatest time to be a comedian, but yet yeah. also, like, like you said, like people are coming for us, which uh-huh. is the most bizarre thing because, like, this is like this and music is the last live action forms of entertainment. Absolutely, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll I'll do you one better, man. So, do you know Richard Zoglin? No, he's an author. He's a writer, um, and he uh, he came out with a book in like god i fucking gonna miss i'm gonna fuck up the date i think it was 2010 it was called um comedy at the edge and it was about the 70s stand up in the 70s and the 80s but what i loved about that book was you said stand up so basically comedy is the center of the universe it was like that kind of then too because what he did with that was tied it all together it was basically like if you your your our sense of humor was cultivated by comedians in those decades, because everybody that started doing stand up and writing for themselves wrote for television, movies, doctored scripts for people. Mm. So all of that shit was born out of fucking live entertainment in the improv and the comedy store and filtered into, you know, society. And and I think that's kind of what we're doing today, too. Wow. That's so interesting. So you're, you're saying it was a swath. Yes. It was cut. And I think the swath, maybe it was known, maybe it was known then and I didn't know it, but the swath seems bigger now. Like, it is. It seems like comedy is touching from politics, medicine, scandal, yeah. entertainment, rock stardom. Like it's touching yeah. all of these things. Exactly. With podcasting alone, you know. And and you know what's cool though too is like I think when it started to pick up like that for us, you know what I mean? Like when, when comedians really started to become the focal point of everything, we lost control of it a little bit because we weren't expected to be watched as much, you know, by the internet, by social media, um, by, by critic, by people who had never really paid too much attention to us before. So we didn't know how to mm-hmm. handle it. And we got kind of, you know, uh, kind of lost in it a little bit, I think where, you know, people were getting fucking canceled for bullshit or maybe, you know, uh getting thrown under the bus for stuff or or whatever it was and now i feel like you know because of um guys with these huge massive followings like you and rogan and all those other dudes who are comics it's kind of we're kind of taking the control of it we're kind of getting the steering wheel back on and going look we're just fucking comics and all this shit is fodder to us and you can either come along for the ride or you can just fuck off you know and get left behind on the curb and i think that's i think that's nice yeah, I mean, I think with social media, and like you said, if Heckler needs a 2.0, it definitely needs something. Yeah. But like, it's still kind of re- it's relevant to today. It might even be society still maybe catching up to some of the messages in it. Because yeah. in a weird way, like we are in this heckling society. And what social media has done 
is basically giving everyone a voice mm-hmm. and not everyone should have one. I know I'm canceled, <laughs> but what I'm saying, no, I agree. Like, I agree. If, if, if there was social media in 1880s during the gold rush in California, a lot of miners would have been canceled. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like if it, it's basically to me, social media shows you how much of a fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call this big thing of comedy that we're in, how lucky we are to be in it. Yeah. Um, and also really how much of the world doesn't have a sense of humor. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And also how much they don't understand nuance or sarcasm. Yep. And so yeah. it's like basically the world showing us there are a bunch of middle managers. Oh yeah. That's a good way to put it, man. Because that's exactly like, what it feels like. Yeah. So you do a joke. That's where the Johns, right? John's people, yeah. they're going to ride with you. They're going to die with you. They know what's up. But someone mm-hmm. who doesn't understand you would like, what yeah. the fuck does that mean? And that's that's where we're at. So comedy is it's just going to get hammered more and more. But what it's building is also these super hardcore zealots on the yeah. other side. It's like basically deadheads that will follow us from show to show. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And the, and the other thing, too, is like I hate the way the media portrays certain shit because I think uh wanda sykes was like performing locally probably this is probably pre-pandemic but you know she was performing at the count basie in red bank and you know the next night the headlines were like oh wanda sykes fans walk out of show because and i wanted to be like those aren't fans fans do not walk out of the the if like it was only seven people but like Mm -hmm. i guess she said you know one of they didn't like one of her jokes and they and they wound up heckling and like leaving and it fucking happens but i wanted to be like guys reframe that fucking language those are not fans fans get the joke stick around you know they're ride or die like you just said and it's but the way the media kind of frames that shit it makes it seem like people who like us are turning against us and that's not the case it's never the case yeah it shows you just totally that and it shows you how much we say in the green room or to each <laughs> other how much people don't talk like us or think like us or yeah. come with a different angle i mean comedian should be its own little section of society you know what yeah. i'm saying and yeah it really should because i think they call those don't... mental hospitals but i mean i'm not sure <laughs> 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 i think we have those um <laughs> But uh, we're all going to wind up there one day. I always think yes. when, whenever somebody's like, whenever I'm very close to like, you know, if I'm having like a, a fucking, yeah, I can see it. looks like you're like, look at the sun. I know it's just making its way up. <laughs> it's like you're floating in a light beam, dude. It's like, uh, oh, it's going to eat me in the middle it's of that. Per- <laughs> it's perfect. We oh, just had Will Wheaton on from Star Trek. So this kind of ties yes. into everything floating on a light beam. Um yeah, I was I was gonna say every time I'm like having like a fucking week, right? Where like shit's just getting to me too much and I'm getting a little depressed. I always think of Jonathan Winters when he when he snapped and like there was that story where he climbed the fucking flagpole, and I'm like, I could do it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not oh, I remember that, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he was oh know, yeah, he was fine. He, he came back I tell out of people it. like if like I'm so grateful, like there is a new gratefulness that has come over me, like you know, no BS, like since the pandemic. And mm. even though I've been very blessed, you know, I yeah. wasn't really struggling during the pandemic, except, you know, the beginning paranoia we all didn't know and all that shit. Oh, sure. But yeah. just, the, yeah. yeah, just the ability to go out now 
and go to like flappers in Burbank and see yeah. 30 people on a Sunday who are like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a blessing. Like, and I think that like, it is, I, I realize how important it is for myself to express myself for me and how important it is for people to consume it, whether it's me or someone else or you or whoever, yeah. we're lucky to be able to do that. And I think the pandemic showed me that and um, more than yeah. ever. And like, and I tell you, I say to people, it's like, yo, thank God you're here. Cause if not, I would just be that dude, like kind of shouting out things in the front of Starbucks. Like yes. I'm a move away. Right. I think a lot yeah. of us are. Absolutely, yeah. man. I 100% agree with that. And you know what's cool too is I feel like, I mean, there's always been a camaraderie and stand up and stuff too, but I think even after the pandemic, it's strengthened the camaraderie because I'm so happy to see other comedians or like try to build like, like even, even like this, like we're going to start to do Dystopia Tonight lives and stuff like that. I just want to bring more friends and more comedians in and, and stuff and just, and be able to share the same stage together at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, just do just do more shit with people I like, more creative people. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that I made relationships and new friends during the pandemic that I didn't see as much because we were playing the same, yeah. you know, field, uh -huh. you know, or or yeah. alleyway, you know, you know, yeah. or shopping cart return. Like it was we were just <laughs> wherever. You you, you yeah. played wherever you could and it and it was really bonding. And that's why some of this shit now that's going on in the world is way bigger but yeah i feel like we're back to our shallow selves on twitter with like what oh we i talk know about and trends and it's like haven't we gone through some deep shit aren't we in the middle of some deep shit like yeah oh no i know yeah. it, it, that that's that shit unfortunately never stops and i don't know why i don't know why it doesn't it always seems to like resurface i'm always waiting for it to die you know i don't know when it's going to but uh I would love to. I would just like one EMP to hit like a Twitter tower. I don't know. If that's really, <laughs> yeah, right. Is that a? Can I say that live? I don't even know. <laughs> Never Bro. gonna happen with Musk being like the priority shareholder in Twitter. Oh, that's He's right. Musk, that Elon Musk, yeah, is now the priority shareholder. That's a fucking wild trip. Crazy. But that's good. You think so? Doesn't he want free speech? He does. He does. But he, he also scares the shit out of me sometimes because he's got all this. He's like, you, you know, like, I don't know how much of a comic book fan you are, but you know, when there's like a dude who's like got all this super tech, you know what I mean? And then, and then it's like, you know, one minute you're like, yeah, this guy's with us. And then he creates something that is going to kill us all. <laughs> that's my that's my fear. What if he hits the I wrong know. button? I think Elon Elon wants to have fun. Like if you look at his tweets, he, he yeah, you know, let's see. He fucks but, around I mean, a lot. Yeah, he fucks around. He seems like he's got a good sense of humor. So yeah. he does. Yeah, he does seem to. Yeah, anybody that sends his own car out into space for the fuck of it, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be the weirdest shit. You know, we're sending. Uh, I don't know if you saw this recently, but uh, I'm not even. I wish this was a fucking joke, dude. Um, scientists want to send unsolicited nudes into space to see if. I swear to God, to see if aliens wow. respond. <laughs> <laughs> to see if aliens respond to it. I'm like, my first question was like, how fucking lonely are these scientists, right? And also, like, but they, they're basically sending the human anatomy out, but it is a nude. It's a fucking text message, you know? And I feel like I've said Wait, is it anatomy? That. Is it like a textbook thing? Or is it actual, like, the first person to get out there should be the black dude. The, the <laughs> Barry. Yeah, he's, that should be... 
number one, right? That should be ground right. zero of news. He's a great representation. I mean, <laughs> it's not exactly a true representation of most of planet Earth, I would say. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would make us look great. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Everyone pick their favorite porn. Send that out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. That'd be fucking hilarious. Aliens are just like, God, they have huge dicks on Earth. Holy shit. <laughs> we, have to, we have to figure wow. some shit out. Yeah. That's weird, but that's awesome. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is kind of weird what, what people are willing to do uh, in the name of science. Yeah. We're not but, only entertaining, we're also educational. Thanks, John. I didn't know that. That's totally yeah. new to me. It's going to be totally weird, weird to get, like, when they get, like, old Laverne and Shirley signal up there, and then also just a dick. <laughs> Where they're like, yeah. oh, right. I didn't think they could handle that's that. That's an interesting mix. It <laughs> You're welcome for the imagery, everybody watching. Enjoy that. Um, so what are how do you how did you handle? I mean, you were I mean, we were all in the same place during the pandemic and stuff like that. But we basically you went out and did some shows where you could. Did you find yourself being a little bit more creative, though, with the time you had? Uh, or did you just enjoy the time off? To be real, like, that's what I did. Like, I, I would say from march to end of october early november like six seven months i was pretty locked down on my house yeah um but like i was fortunate you know in la and you know the weather was really good and i do travel a lot so i wasn't mad about staying at home and to like you know quite frankly i was Susie homemaker i was doing projects and cleaning up (laughs) and doing a lot of life shit that i was getting caught up on and um so I used it for that and then kind of got busy because Zooms, people started doing Zooms. The community didn't let itself rest very long. Right. And, you know, and then I would meet people like you, you know, like yeah. New York, you know, or I'd like Austin, I would do their shows and or like some people in Florida. So it was a good mix of like talking about the community coming together. It was more even so much like grassroots of that. And, and so, I was doing that. And then once we started going out, it was like, you know, the dip the toe mm-hmm. parking lot, like the super hazmat suit. And then the next one, a little less. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, but if you're going to a field then you see, you know, a, you know, some a huge comedian that's also in the field, you're going to go to the field. It's like, this is yes. where we're at, you know? And um, like, I do a whole joke about how San Diego, like San Diego really open. Like people say like they, you know, San Diego basically didn't know there was a pandemic. What? I mean, they're like trying to kill it with Trulies, you know, they just took a couple more Trulies. But they were the openest place for us, bro. Like, right. the farther south you went in California, the more you could do gigs. And it was, it was wild. And from San Francisco, I've, I've done it all. Like, and I love NoCal, but it's still more lockdown. And LA is oh, kind is of it? half, yeah, it's pretty intense still. Wow. LA is pretty open, but there's still people going a little hardcore and then you got you know from orange county down it's like yeah just all the same so the, the club seemed to handle it pretty well though i mean they they kind of did their part and shit like that and they did what they could for comedians. i feel like i feel like flappers held out really well and they started doing zoom shit like immediately which was great yes flappers was doing zoom <laughs> and then the factory eventually did super they did zoom shows where one comedian would go in at a time the nice. uh the store was doing shows from the window the improv was doing shows from the parking lot so it was mm-hmm. you're right i mean they wanted to keep it alive but yeah i didn't mind a little bit of it 
of, of a break. I don't know where we're at now. I just went and did a whole checkup, knock on one. Seems everything's oh, nice, good man. so far. And my doctor's like, look, there's a new variant. It's a yeah. sub variant, it's BA.12. He's, he's like, look, dude, it, it's gonna be here forever, for a while. We don't yeah. know, he's like, sure. I can't tell you if it's more contagious or not, but we'll, we'll you know, just keep watching the numbers. Yeah, no, exactly. I got. I told you I got fucking slammed with it, and now I gotta get. I'm. I'm coming up. Friday will be day ten. I feel okay. I'm a little tired, but you know that's I guess normal or whatever. And then day uh, ten, dude. Day five, you're allowed to go back and go to Chipotle. Wasn't that the new thing? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're like you're allowed to go back out and totally ruin your asshole at Chipotle if you want to. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Day. Yeah. Five. Friday will be. It day, was five day. days now, right? I think. I, I forgot it was five days. To like three? Oh, really? I don't know. It might have been, but I know it was oh. five now. Like, kind of like yeah, watch guess. yourself for five days. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I feel I felt fine after three. Tom, Tom, fucking, you got crushed with it. I, all right, so I got crushed. Plus, my wife actually has MS, so I was like super because I was able to get it and not give it to her. We just stayed in separate areas in the house, and then the doctors were like. This, this is the funny part, because it all came down to, it was a lot of like just politics, because they're like, yeah, after three or five days, you go back to work, but you're <laughs> still contagious, so I don't know if you want to sleep in the same bed as your wife until you test negative, right? So I'm like, ain't yeah, that a bitch? Yeah. It's because 95% of the transmission happens in those first five days, and then only 5% happens after. But we were able to avoid it totally. Like, I, I had it pretty good. And then it's funny because once it's over and it's out of you, you're like, ah, now I got now I can live regular for a while. For a while, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm gonna so be like licking a... faces when I get out. I'm not even kidding. I told all my friends, I'm like, I'm touching every one of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's what I'm fucking doing. But I, well, I had my first like my first gig where they had more than 500 people in the room, which was at a, it felt like okay, now it's it's 19. Where was that? Right? That was it was a corporate event. So like they finally inside. Had a, inside in new york new york has changed a lot and then but then last night we went out for her birthday and there was a high-end restaurant so they've stopped checking back like any cards in new york except yes. like this one place where we're like oops sorry forgot to be forgot real this is still happening. <laughs> new york in august wasn't really checking either at least the two places i went well, oh, really yeah. yeah i didn't think they were that but Somebody... and also i would you could eat outside if you want yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember when they started to get a little lax. I was inside a restaurant in New York, and I we had already gotten our food at that point, and somebody came up to us like, "Can we check your Vax cards mid mid bite?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> "I guess." <laughs> I feel like you should have done that at the door, dude. But all right, fucking trying to eat my salmon. Fuck off. Um, yeah, that was fucking. Well, wild. hopefully we're. I'm glad you guys are okay. I'm glad your wife's okay. Hopefully we're. You know, Thanks, man. I feel like we're going to the next. You know, yeah. open phase. Oh yeah, yeah I think so too. I think we're we're almost back to like where we could travel and do whatever. And I found it interesting how much countries had shut down. So when I that's the thing I feel like I missed most was the traveling was being able to go different oh, yeah. places. I heard Ukraine's on a sale right now. You get there real cheap in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Oh. From the air, he says. <laughs> You're taking a bus um, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Penn's driving. It's gonna be nice. Nice. Um, oh, fuck. Do you remember? I gotta. I always ask this for guys. Do you remember your first gig that you got paid for as a stand-up? Uh yeah, I think, I think it was Tony Roman. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I think great. it was a Tony. Tony Romans was like the the gig to get in like mm-hmm. LA in like 91, 92, 93. And uh, it was, I think, in Reseda. And it was wow. like, it's crazy. So to this day, we had a guy on the circuit, Dave Garrett, who is a comedian. But you know how there's like a lot of comedians that start and then they people do multiple things and then and it's like some people oh, yeah. do comedy. But he's a great writer. He's written a lot of stuff. But he was also at UCLA studying to be a lawyer. Oh, wow. And he was a kind of all of our lawyers on the circuit. <laughs> so <laughs> he was like an undergrad at UCLA. And so he would like negotiate our deal at Tony Roma's and he's like, all right, you're getting 50 bucks. You're mm-hmm. getting a meal. Now, if you want an extra side, I can figure that out, but it's going to be, the guy's pretty strict about it. Like literally right. like that yeah. was the deal. You get a meal at Tony Roma's and 50 bucks and you had to do like 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, and uh, I believe that was my first paid gig. A lot of hotels, Radisson. I remember Radisson lounge. Yeah. I got like 30 bucks. A lot of those thirties nice. and fifties. Wow. Did you have somebody that took you out on the road early on, or did you not do the road that much? No. So I'll try to keep it simple. I, like I said, I came to LA. I wanted to, to do extra work. So for the first year, I was trying to do extra work, but it's high. It's actually low key more competitive than acting because the barrier to entry is even less, right? You sign up. Oh, do you wow, have man. a. Uh, you have a medieval costume from 1583 and a, you know, a a crown of roses. Okay. Cause we're doing a Caesar's commercial tomorrow, whatever. Right. So it's all about your wardrobe. Right. So like get down to the set rally burgers have, you know, like whatever. Right. So Mm. literally sign up at a place called central cast and you do that. But so it's hard if you're not in there. So I did a couple of extra gigs, but then I had the regular jobs you know, delivering mm. pizzas and stuff. And yeah, I did improv. It was long story short. There's something called Backpage Audition that I used to do improv and I got into a group and we did paid gigs like uh, like a couple little corporates and some schools, but not much, like 25 or 30 bucks a show. That right. folded. Another one I did, that folded. And so <laughs> then after that, that's when I got into stand-up and like, early like 91 ish people were like just do stand-up dude because you know you can just build from there do your characters or you know figure it out from there so i started like that and for four years i would say from 91 to 95 i was pretty much just on the open mic circuit in la this is pre-starbucks a lot of coffee houses a lot of like (laughs) you know in the indigo girl oh yeah yeah poets that's a real thing like we had our version of like the bitter ends of like that they had in the 60s in new york but it was like you know in venice and it was you know marina del rey and and some hollywood rooms and like hookah lounges literally that's all i did sign up and there was a whole circuit you know the comedians that some that you know now are on it and you know people some on the way and then once in a while i would get a spot on a new faces where you know you'd sign up and you have to wait two weeks right and that was pretty much my life for four years and and trying to audition for stuff and then slowly i got you know but all the stuff came from stand-up like i got my first agent who saw me at a club first auditions so then i went from zero then i started acting 
and I got very busy in acting. Once I got my first gig, it kind of just snowballed. I got very lucky, but I couldn't get anything forever. Mm-hmm. And then when I started getting a name in acting, people were like, you got to do more. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't headline. You know, right. I have, <laughs> I have, you know, 13 minutes. Like I thought I had a strong 13. I had a right. good, I had a, I had a shitty eight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so the, the first time my agent got me like a C room, like, you know, off, yeah. not a lot of judgment, way off somewhere in Massachusetts. It was oh, like a nice. buffet and I did like 20 minutes and then a lot of, a lot of questions and Q and A's and I bought, you know, and then I bought another guy to help me. But basically that's when comedians started taking me out, you know? So mm-hmm. they liked that I would do with the press. And so great comedians like Rick Overton, um, oh, love Rick Overton. Craig, great guy. Yeah, Craig Shoemaker, you know, oh, nice. uh, Bob Saget. Th- these guys would let me uh, open for them and do 12, 15 minutes. And they would, that helped me a lot because I did not have anything past that. And then I would eventually, yeah. you know, built my minutes up until they started. Gary Valentine used to let me middle for him. Oh, nice. Um, and so, yeah, that, I was already known, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. have it. Right. So I was yeah. building it up. And I was okay with that. I was okay with going, listen, I can't headline yet. Right. Yeah. It's so weird, man. So, I, I feel like that. You which know, is kind of fucked up, right? Because, dude, I could go <laughs> on a whole 30 podcasts about this. The reason my acting career took off is because I saw the clubs. You're going to like this, but you're going to hate this. Yeah. yeah. Not giving me spots <laughs> because I wasn't known. <laughs> and I go, yeah. Well, how do I get known? They like, well, we like TV movies. I go, but this is a comedy club, and they right. go, yeah, but you don't have any fucking credits. And I go, I know, but this is like a comedy club, right? And they're all <laughs> like, yeah. So they would get mad at me. So that's when I really focused, and I'm like, okay, I'll go and get, I'll figure out this fucking credit thing, right? <laughs> and and, yeah. and literally, like, the, the improv in the early '90s was insane with just goats that would walk in and do spots so it was actually a great time to be not get spots i mean (laughs) it would be littered with sitcom stars that were in town and just want to work on a you know a quick end for the tonight show or whatever that's awesome yeah but like then when i got credits they were like come on in and they would put me on a saturday night show and i would eat a dick and i'd go because i didn't (laughs) get better at your club now you've got me And so, and I have to like get somebody like you, and I go, yo, I got this premise about a white rapper. Tell me what you know. What I'm saying so. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so. It's really the comedy clubs. As much as I love, it's like, do you want to cultivate funny people, or do you want to cultivate famous stars? And so, look, right. I understand that game. So I got famous before I was known as a comic, but I went on the road for a long time and played Dayton and stuff, and do oh, twenty nice. minutes and bring great comics. And I got better that way, but I didn't get better because I was famous. But right. you you were like the original version of like these TikTok stars or these YouTube stars that don't have an act but can sell a theater. And then they're like, <laughs> come and do it. <laughs> I, yeah, but I was honest about it. I was, yeah. see, I started as a stand-up and then I got so busy as an actor. I yep. just, and I thought, well, I'm not probably not going to do stand up anymore. And then my agent's like, look, man, I can get you a college. All you got to do is 12 <laughs> minutes at lunch. 
and I could handle that. And, I'm, and they're yeah. like, why is the guy from Scream in the lunchroom? And then I would do like... <laughs> Are we all going to get murdered right now? What is going on? Yeah, it was even the rules. But it was like, I would play the fall gigs and the, you know, Greek weeks and all that shit. Right. And then I would build my way up. But, you know, like, but the truth is, like, you know, the clubs would give me an offer and I'd be like, I can't do it. So yeah. I would always bring better people with me, but I would really hone my craft under better comedians who yeah. were like, okay, you're at 20 now, go middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's so, genius. Yeah, that's genius in and of itself, though. And the, and the other thing, too, is like, that's the crazy shit that we have to do just to do what we love half the time. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like you were like, I've got to get famous just to tell dick jokes. Yeah. I know, I know. And boob, I was at that point. I was in boob jokes, but like to me, <laughs> this is why I want to build. I want to build an app, and I want to build a club. Like I want to. I'm gonna give the idea, but I don't care. I want to <laughs> have an app where it's AI rated on ten data points of the night. So you mm -hmm. put it up in the room, and it's based on originality, laughs dealing with hecklers, Ooh. cursing, whatever, 10 data points. I know comedians are going to hate this. And then you rate them. <laughs> and then you go, here's your score for tonight. Boom, come back. Or if not, yo, you have too many dick jokes, rework them. I'm saying right. com comedy should be 100% decentralized, democratized. Like you cannot like a basketball player, but if he drops 30 a night, you cannot deny him. But yeah. I feel like comedy, there are people that are hilarious, that yep. are not getting their justice dues. There's people that aren't funny, that are, and all in between. And it's, to me, if the audience is laughing and they're building something, you know, hey, but that's what's weird about it. Like, completely agree. I, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, to me, you, if you keep your overhead low as a club, and I love the clubs, yeah. you can cultivate totally funny comedians that aren't known and you don't Absolutely. have to rely on the star system. And I don't think the star system is bad, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. it's in a perfect world. You start as a comic, get your five, get your 10, yeah. do your TV spot, do your 15, go middle for somebody who's known. So it's absolutely you know, that's my, opinion. and even for like, even for like headliners that are local and shit like that, that come into the area, you know what I mean? If you use them to, I, I remember starting at a club when I was younger I was, you know, working there, even doing the door and stuff like that and getting on stage that way, like my first year or two into comedy. But man, they fucking would bring in the same guys every month. And then the audience started to dwindle because it's like, yeah, they, you know, these guys are not, you know, they're quote unquote headliners, but they're, you know, basically within the tri-state fucking area and they're not writing new material. You know what I mean? How many, you know, wig jokes can you fucking do, uh, you know, and here again and over and over. And they would bring those guys in and they weren't kind of cultivating newer comics and i'm like at least if you mix it up and put us in there then at least gives them something to come back for you know or something new um i remember moving out when i moved out to la the same thing happened to me i was in la for two years i moved out there in 2015 and i didn't fucking understand i've been doing comedy 10 years at that point and i didn't understand the credit system i had no idea because i would <laughs> i would try to get I, I really did it fucking blew me away dude i i would go into these these clubs or whatever. And, uh, and I would be trying to get in. And then, uh, I think I would just see on the roster, like all these people. And I thought like, man, I got 10 years in, you know, I've opened for all these great people. I've been on the road for fucking ever. I've got writing credit. I got all this shit, but not TV. I didn't have TV credits. 
Um, so I was like, oh man, this fucking sucks. So I would see these other comics go up and they'd be like, yeah, you've seen them on, uh, you know, uh, HBO's girls and ba ba ba, you know, like background shit. And then they'd fucking eat it. They tank on stage. Mm -hmm. And I could not figure it out for the life of me, what I was doing. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I ran, you know, Pat Barker. Mm -mm. Uh, he's a, so Pat's a Philly guy. He's a Philly comic that I knew when I was, you remember Rascals? Ish. Yeah. I think that was yeah. after my. I was. Okay. Wow. I, well, I was around when I was, when, when I was doing it, but it was only two clubs left. It was in orange, New Jersey. And, um, Oh no, it was, it was before my time, but I thought there was one. I don't. I didn't really yeah. play Philly until healing. Oh, okay, okay. But <clears> maybe it, like, was in, it was in Philly, right? No, it was in. There was in New Jersey, and then there was one on oh. the edge of Philly in in Cherry Hill, Cherry New, Hill. like in that kind of area. So, okay. um, but you know, the guy who owned it like wound up embezzling money and then leaving, which is so weird because like, would you make thirty k? Like, and then you went to Met. Like, why? Thirty uh, <laughs> like k went a long way in Mexico, my friend. Apparently, yeah, apparently. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so he does that, you know, the cub folds or whatever, but Pat started Camden. there. 30 oh. came far in Camden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was the king that day. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I, I ran into Pat at the comedy store. I had no idea he moved out to LA and it was, I was only out there for like a couple weeks and he's like, Oh, I didn't know you were out here. And I'm like, yeah, man. And he goes, uh, let me ask you a question. And I go, yeah, go ahead. And he goes, you bombing. And I go, Yes. <laughs> and i'm like all the time and he goes just just get you go same thing happened to me he's like just wait until you get into the clubs and you'll be fine and then he, he i got into the comedy store and i got into the ice house and i felt better flappers like but like when i was doing like a hostel in santa monica you know i yeah. i was like where what the fuck is this where why am i not you know it was weird man a lot of angry swedes you know <laughs> sleeping on those egg i did that those show too <laughs> yeah, those, those egg crate cushions. Yes. Um, I would say this. It, I think it's a beautiful time, though, to be in this space because this is what you know. Right now, when people ask me, like, you don't, you don't have to have a TV credit. Sure, is it nice to get a Comedy right. Central Presents or a premium blend? I did all that or a guest TV spot. It's awesome. It's good for yeah. cred. It's good for the business. But at the end of the day, if you can build your following just off your little, your grams, your tube. And then yeah. one of the things that this pandemic has showed me is that entrepreneurs win. And it's yes. like, I'm doing some crazy ass pop-up gigs. So it's 120 bucks. I mean, 120 people. But guess what? They're there. They're sell. They're, they're, they're rabid. They're buying merch and it's yeah. fun. And I can do those and sprinkle them in with my mainstream gigs. And I'm about it. That's what this is. And you know, yeah. I'm sure as much as I do, mm -hmm. that Hollywood doesn't give a fuck about any of us. It doesn't give a fuck no. about you. It doesn't give a fuck about me. It doesn't give a fuck about anyone unless you're winning. So if you're right. making noise over here and you're blowing up, Hollywood's going to go, hey, John, John, come over here. <laughs> At that point, you can decide what you want to do. Yeah. But, yeah. So, it's it's a norm it's it's is democratized in the sense now you don't have to do all those steps i believe but it's you know it's nice to be in clubs i love clubs but again at mm -hmm. the end of the day i think there's you could do an off night you could go to a club and say listen i got this show i'm selling tickets you know give me a, a tuesday i'll yeah. even do the early show to prove it i'll take none of the door you right know, whatever there's there's moves to be made absolutely yeah, yeah. do you remember uh, uh ahead, oh go ahead no go ahead no, I forget. 
Three seconds out, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, do you, do you remember a point in your career though where you felt um like like I want to say stable, but you know what I mean? Like where you hit that high note where you're like, oh good, everything's clicking, everything's working. I finally fig I finally know what I'm doing. <sighs> yeah. And no, um, I would say probably oh two to oh five. I was really cruising in the sense that I had a show on TV, um, and I knew that experience. it was. I knew it was getting yeah. It was it was being picked up. So I was like, okay, I got a full season of a show, which is mm -hmm. you know very fortunate. I knew I had my next movie lined up. Nice. And then when I started filming Heckler was when I was like, okay, I made a deal to do my first special for Comedy Central. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got all of those lanes covered. Now all I have to do is just execute, right? Right. And did did and I had, you know, every big rap and you know, like from the publicist to the agent to everything. And it, it takes a team to, you know, you know, a, a village to build, you know, mm -hmm, whatever yeah. it takes a village, they say. And so it, the, the, the issue is, is that once certain cracks started happening, maybe the movie didn't perform as well, or your ratings dip or sudden cancellations and stuff, that's when you really got to figure it out. So then as I was riding, I can enjoy it for a good, listen, I've been enjoying it for a while, but yeah. There are shocks to the system that come after, you know, for a good two years, three years, do my shit, grab my check, bounce, do my bounce, you know, right. Boom. And then shit starts getting rocky. And then you're like, Oh fuck, this is new ground. And then, so <laughs> you have to readjust and re I have gone through probably rough seas. I'd say about four times in terms of peaks and valleys of my career. And now, mm -hmm. You never figure it out. Right. You are always a work in progress. You realize you realize what it is you're doing and you are, you know, you figure out what you are. And right now I'm I'm kind of in my most calm place. That's great. Because man. yeah, because the pressure's off, not just for me, but also the business is so different. It's mm -hmm. completely different. The, yeah. the distribution model of the business is completely different. There are people that had the number one movie in America and they're huge. Mm -hmm. but they might be huge in a smaller bubble than what it was. Right. Okay. And there might be, people might be talking about the DeMillo sisters more that weekend. Or right. when an album came out, it was the biggest of that weekend, but now it's not. Everything is like almost death by a thousand cuts. So yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> it's not just one big cultural event, maybe like the Super Bowl, but that's it. Like it's right. changed so much. So now it's we're all kind of dancing for our dinner. And, <laughs> you know, you have to have multiple lines of in, income, I believe. Yeah. And and you kind of can't rely on anybody. You can't wait. Like you can never could before, but it was at least like, I knew I was up against four other guys and I knew 
it was here was my chance. Well, now it's like just so splintered. Netflix, Hulu, Hulu Plus, yes. Paramount Plus, Paramount gluten free. Like it's so insane. And now it, and and there's also like you know I'm not gonna say this in anything, but there's like I've had a gluten run, and I'm not saying my run's done, but like there are certain things right now like. I won't be considered something just because of my skin suit. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right, right. I'm a white dude, early fifties. <laughs> I get it. And I get it by the way, you know right. what I mean? You yeah. should, everything buddy should be considered. So I yeah. kind of, you know, have been put in my own little thing. And, and, and since I'm a you know person that likes to do his own thing, I don't mind it right now. Since, sure. So now I know it's like part of it is just where we're at in terms of yeah. the entertainment landscape. Plus COVID. Oh, sure. So yeah. So I'm kind of like, I'm living like a YouTuber. Like I look at my number on YouTube. I, I just got my Instagram uh, monetized. I'm oh, going nice. to try to do it all that way. Like I've seen that whole pop up on mine. Yeah. I got to ask mm. you about, it. I've seen that pop up on mine every now and then it keeps asking me to do it. And I've, I'm, I, I was skeptical and I have no idea what the fuck they want. I know they want a bank number and I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> but I didn't know it was a I viable think- thing. Yeah, I mean it's a big. It's Instagram. I don't think they're gonna rob your bank, but no, I don't think it's. <laughs> I just tried to buy some Bitcoin from a guy on there. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. <laughs> I know. Bit. I almost had you, Tom. I almost had you with that fake account I made. <laughs> Bitcoin with a V. Uh, but it's like <laughs> everything is just I, the pressure's off. It's like I've lived. And now I'm lucky because I've become a, I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm a, some kind of a thing. Like I always say, I'm yeah. going to bounce fabrics off. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, you see it on your shelf. Yeah. It's yeah. there. You recognize it. You know, it's a matter if it's having a good year or not. Right. Like that's sure. And I'm lucky. Cause I got that last, I believe bit of that regular Hollywood people say the nineties were the last bit of that, but I don't know, maybe yeah. not. Well, you built your brand. I have a question when you, when you hit that first Valley, right? Cause it's easy when you go into the peak, when you hit the first Valley, were you like, Oh shit might be over. Did you, pa- did it panic? Or were you, did you be like, all right, no, I'm just going to get right back on this and ride it back up to that next peak. Oh, panic all day. All day. <laughs> I've had nothing but, you know, panics and shit. Like, um, my first Valley was, I was doing so many movies and I'm like, yeah. this is going to be the way and I'm going to movie, 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 mm-hmm. movie. And then I was becoming the guy from the late nineties to 2000, where I was like the third lead. And I was like the funny guy, right? The funny mm-hmm. friend. And, um, I'll never forget. I read for what women want. And I sat there and, you know, the God rest his soul, the casting director, Howard Fuhrer, I believe he passed mm-hmm. away, one of the most yeah. legendary casting directors in all of Hollywood. And he goes, I don't know what I'm watching, but I like it. And, <laughs> and it was a late audition. And I believe it was Nancy who directed that, who directed The Holiday and all the stuff. And she's like, I know, it's different. It's weird. But I, I don't it could work like and they were t- it was so cool because yeah. they were talking about me in front of me which is rare right. and yeah. and i thought i'm gonna get this with mel gibson like i already done enough of these and i'm like i'm gonna get this with mel and then i didn't get it and then there was another movie called oh, mission to mars i was so close and then i think oh, wow. my buddy jerry o'connell got that 
And so I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not getting those roles and like to, to be the comedic, like your own five or six million dollar movie at that time, which you could have done. They weren't ready to give me that yet. So right. then my agents like go to TV, blow up and you're going to get that. And then I was in TV development for like two years and it was not a hard life, but it was like basically of me just you have to remember this was a time where you would get a, a good, a great amount of money, but you couldn't yeah. do anything. Right. So if Fox gave you a very good amount of money, you couldn't do a guest spot. You were basically held for them until they figured out what they wanted to do with you. So you wow. took this money. Yeah. But it's not like today where you can do 73 things and get a contract. Yeah. So I was watching a year and a half of my life. Like I'm not getting this movie. I'm not getting this show. Boom. Mm -hmm. And then once I got my show on it, which was a whole other ball of wax, that helped again. Yeah. And then I was going up again as a solo thing. And then, you know, I had another movie that bombed and then that went down. And then they were like, they don't want to touch you that way. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it's, listen, it is a, it, yeah, you're always going to question it. But each thing, I mean, I hate to sound like a dork, but it makes you, yeah. it does make you stronger, but it's, now I'm at the age where I've been doing this for 30 years. Like I've had my SAG card for 30 years. Wow. Right. And I've done stand up like about 30 years, pretty much mm -hmm. solid for the last 24 years. And I had some on and offs in the first six. But right. I know that now it's us that's responsible. Mm -hmm. You know, you just put out the stuff you want, rock with people who rock with you. Yeah, you know, yeah. be fair, be transparent, and just know that at the end of the day, it's a job. Like, yeah it's if you look at what happened last week like the shrine the super bowl of hollywood is the oscars and it just peeled yeah. the curtain back in such a way yeah that it just shows you everything is just like fucking bullshit yeah and i've known <laughs> yeah. this for a long time but it's just not i mean you tell me from the i don't want to say the outside but like yeah. wherever you guys feel you fit in this spectrum do you i don't feel it has the same shine as it did Oh, no, not at all, dude. And I mean, I, I was somebody who used to watch that kind of stuff with my parents. And and like, you know, um, we my grandfather was like kind of like in, involved in some small stuff when he was younger and he first got to New York. He was uh, lived in England, you know, jump ship, came to New York, got involved in a couple small things. But like, yeah, that was always kind of around. We watched the Oscars. It was like an event. We love that kind of shit. I love movies. I love going to the movies, how my family connected and shit. So I remember watching those early, you know, Oscars and stuff. And yeah, it, it completely changed. It doesn't have a shine to it anymore. It's got like, everybody's way too self-important. Nobody knows how to take a joke. And again, <clears throat> this is going to be biased, but I feel like it's because they literally stripped away the, com the comedians. There's nobody there anymore having a fucking good time. Everybody takes themselves too seriously. Even the fucking pitter, like the, the jokes that they have with the banter is so washed out and fucking, you know, mundane and homogenous and shit. Like all the joy is gone. So yeah, the, the, of course the slap fucking heard around the world was the best thing that, you know, not the best, but you know what I mean? Like it was just that thing that was like, Oh my God, this is fucking nuts. And yeah. You know, yeah, like I mean, you said, it, it pulled the curtain back. It yeah. totally showed what, like, it showed this man that was by his PR machine is like, I am full of love. I am all love. He comes up and smacks a guy. Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was. You nuts. know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say you've had experience. You've had severe experiences with hecklers and shit like that, almost to that extent. You know, I, I think pretty much to that to that extent. But like, 
I felt like, holy shit, like this is this is pulling back the curtain in a way that's Hollywood does not give a fuck about comedians. They don't have a comedy category. Like that was that was what Hollywood thinks of comedy personified in real time because no one gave a fuck that Chris Dude, got hit that night. So you're, it's it's so fucking true what you say. And Mark Lonell, who was one of the owners of the improv, who like mm-hmm. gave me my early breaks talked about that and for a while he oh, would wow. always fight to have this as a category on the on wow. the simpler side i did a whole pod about it like and i gotta go back to only use my thought is that i go mm. to these conventions now yeah and they're incredible these hard these sci-fi conventions and mm-hmm. scream having his 20th anniversary so good. it's just insane all of us go a lot of us from the original movie go out and the fans are just unbelievable glorious beautiful people where these cities have their own comic cons and they're yeah. they're getting big like san diego right and mm-hmm. so scream was never considered in any of these categories of oscars but yet it's just now part of the lexicon it just becomes bigger and bigger yeah. right yeah. so we've been able to make something been part of something that has done that right and right. the oscars takes itself so seriously and there's amazing movies that come out of it but sometimes the movies i feel like made for this small little contingent right yeah and and like like there was no mention of spider-man which is the biggest yeah. thing movie of the world i have to still see it people said it's an insanely great movie it's so good and so man. it's yeah and it's like they think you don't have to be a fanboy to love it they say and yeah. like if you see videos of like people they were like screaming in the middle yeah. of like i mean i love power the dog but where people like ah, you know in the middle of the screaming you know what i'm saying <laughs> I yeah. love the piano, but are people going, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. so, so that's, there's a big disconnect between what the people want and what, you know, the Academy likes the Academy yeah. is almost low key putting itself out to pasture. And I love it. I love it. I'd love to be in it. I'm in the television Academy. I'm very part, lucky to be part of it. I'd mm-hmm. love to be in the film Academy, but like you said, it's, it's peeled back, dude. People are Snapchatting. People are TikToking. People oh, are yeah. falling in the kitchen. They're seeing, you know, <laughs> that 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 people want realness, and that's we're never going to go back. Right. And to be real with you, regarding the slap, I did a lot of videos on it, but the, I can't watch the actual slap. Like, right. I fucking cringe, bro, because Chris Rock is—he's one of our goats. Like, yes. he is a Mount Rushmore comedian through the timeline. Through yeah, the beginning absolutely. of time, he is a Mount Rushmore, and in a Mount Rushmore comedian, you could—I mean, movie star—you could argue, or at least right now, is one of the biggest movie stars of all time. Violently, yeah. like listen to it, watch it. It's fucking violent. And what I was talking, and it shouldn't matter, but it, it will. Another black comedian this week, I did a show with, and he's like, "Yo, bro, he was concussed." Yeah, and I was like, "You're right." Like. He was like, dude, the fact that he kept it together because he was shook. And I right. go, dude, yeah. I felt like I, you could, like, it was so fucking violent, dude. It made me go like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Yeah. Like, that was just, dude. And I've done movies with Will, I've done movies with Chris. I've, worked, I've been very, like, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it was violent, bro. And I'm not saying there haven't been worse things in the Academy and Hollywood's done more. It wasn't just a slap. It was yeah. a fucking punch on a smaller dude for not a joke, a throwaway, like I said, it was banter just to keep, it's like, oh, I got 15 more seconds, let me throw this in. 
filler time, bam, you know, to keep the flow going. It was a throwaway. It was a, it was a connector. It wasn't right. anything. Yeah. And yeah. he went three for three so far. Like he already right. had three killer jokes. And that one you could say was four for four. It got a good laugh. It was just yeah, it did. Away. Yeah. But yeah. the fact there's so much behind it. But uh, I literally felt, dude, like that's that's just it was violent, especially. And Chris, if you look at it, slow it down. It's fucked up. And Chris is a man. He yeah. took it like a man. He's a bigger person, and I just it it was it was fucking sad, dude. It was. It really was. And it, it just wrapping your head around it and trying to figure out what the fuck would allow anybody to just let him sit there, like, and then the uh, the standing. You know up. what? Oh yeah, it's all complicity. It's all Absolutely. complicity. I talk about right. it. If you want to know why Weinstein got away with it, look no further than that auditorium. Oh, that's so A fucking true, A bunch of fucking dude. people that don't want to fucking rattle the feathers to keep the money train going. Fucking agents, yep. managers, publicists, yep. they're all sucking off this tea. But this tea is getting smaller and more irrelevant. And I loved the tea when it was fun, but it's <laughs> not anymore because people are screaming from the mountains of how good they are. But yep. then there's a bunch of bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you're right about that. You know, I always talk about the Marvel movies and shit like that, where it's like, you know what, if you want, if you want to bring the Oscars back, if you want to make them fun for people and bring a different audience in, and even if you want to boost the ratings, fucking acknowledge the shit that brings people to the movies that makes them get excited over shit. You know, I mean, it, it's insane to me that the one, one of the arguments I always hear all the time is, you know, from like, you know, uh, the older directors and shit like that, which obviously they have a right to say they're massively talented, whatever they want. Right. But they're always like, Oh, it's taking away from, I'm like, bull fucking shit. Look at any one of those actors that has made money doing those Marvel movies. They've done more smaller projects passion projects netflix movies regular smaller indie films that wind up in a couple theaters because of the money that these other movies bring in and allow them to do they have the freedom to do that kind of shit because they're raking it in everywhere else so i mean yeah I, like, I feel like yeah i think like like you i i i look at nolan i look at you know the dark which one what's what's 2008 the dark knight nolan's batman yeah the dark knight yeah i mean you could argue that's a good follows of 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 superhero right i mean it's as dark it's as real and it just happens to have a comic book but it's i haven't seen the new batman but i heard it's incredible too so it's like yeah to me and if you look at a Marvel movie, like, I'm trying to think, like, what was the last, the last big one I saw was the Endgame. Oh, Endgame, I mean, yeah. dude, yeah. that had a lot of layers to it. Yep. Six special effects, but also, like, hard. Like, there was moments I caught myself getting a little choked up. But, yeah, dude, the comedy yeah. is on point. Right. And, and it's like, there's a difference between, I understand what people are saying and it's like, not everything is going to be, you know, Hal Ashby, but these dudes <laughs> are inspired by Hal yeah. Ashby, you know, right. and Martin. So I think that, I think that there's love in both because at, at some point you have to look at that, the USC film game at one time it was, or it was around that group, not, not all of them went, but if it was Spielberg, Lucas, Mm -hmm. De Palma, Scorsese, and and Francis. Those five. If you watch Easy Rider, Raging Bulls, 
Oh yeah. And they all went in different directions and what movies they make, but they all made great movies. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Godfather, is it any more impactful or less than Star Wars? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so true. It's, and they all came out of the same kind of 60s counterculture. So yeah. I think that, that those five guys you look at and you go, it seemed to work there. And we, I can, I want, I love Jaws as much as I love. Oh man, me um, too. Chinatown. You know what I'm Chinatown, saying? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, no, Jaws. I don't know. Is I don't know how to answer time. that. But yeah. I understand if, if they feel like, look, if you're not getting, you know, the crying game, like you could go and watch the crying game in the early 90s and, and you knew you could watch it at, uh, a Lenley in New York or the, the what's the one the Tribeca whatever like you yeah. go there late night and and it's considered an art film but it became mainstream but you could also sure. watch you know Wedding Crashers I don't know to me it's all works <laughs> yeah but exactly but I guess there's room I guess though because if there's so much money being made in a Spider-Man movie it kind of pushes out a smaller movie to go right to streaming maybe I guess yeah and and also Scorsese I think used the uh that kind of publicity he got trashing marvel movies to boost the irishman because not you know it didn't do that well like it you know it got like critically you know uh it did well or whatever but i don't think a lot of people they were like three fucking hours of robert horrible cgi horrible could, cgi right? yeah i mean they couldn't get fuck. a guy from X-Men. oh you have oh it's we a, don't have to no, I, know I know it's a big i know it's it's long so i gotta i gotta commit you know what i mean yeah man take a couple look, months look, break it up you you can't you can't yeah you can't you just that's the thing it's like there was a great executive i used to have a warner brothers and she would always tell me she would say adapt or die and that's just the way it is <laughs> yeah. like she got me on myspace i'm like what the fuck is that i have a website she's like listen you're gonna want to connect with people there's yeah. this wave gonna come and she knew and she's like just adapt or die dude and that's yeah, what but- it is and i i'm not saying that people are going to be aged out they're not but it's like right i'm much more i just had my first little joke just a simple joke go viral on TikTok. my first million view now nice i don't know that's exciting to me yeah Yeah. i completely agree dude yeah it is exciting so it's like that's where we're at and it's like i'm happy to be in the game i didn't have to wear a thong you know so (laughs) but it doesn't mean we can't make good shit like you know what i'm saying but i think the helmers of these movies these you know james gong he's a student of multiple genius filmmakers that's why he's become his own genius you yeah. know that's what yeah. it, it, there's a great article about uh the director of morbius who his cut's not there and i think that oh, he, yeah. his cut was taken away and then people are but he because he directed um oh god dude what's the movie safe house you ever see safe house oh yeah yeah yes. i have yeah great fucking movie denzel yep. and ryan reynolds and they're like, Amazing. how did this guy make that and that? And well, you know, he's not saying anything because they want to walk, but they're saying the studio Absolutely. took a cut. So, so it's like the Marvel is completely movie fucking maker friendly. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, and mm-hmm. and yeah. so I don't know. I'm rambling, but it's just I no, think I it's all you're... we all we just have to grow. Like, it's, yeah, great actors are in the Marvel universe. Absolutely, yeah, and it's shown. You know what I love? Uh, I like when people get pissed off about it not being adult. A movie like oh you know i i can't wrap my head around the magic and all that other shit and i'm always like dude our entire lives are magic are you fucking kidding me every four years a uh, a different political party gets into office and casts a magic spell bill 
that blocks some shit mm-hmm. the other party did and then they get elected and then they cast their counter spell and it's like it's all fucking made up bullshit you know what i mean what are you dude talking that's about? such a good analogy but like <laughs> even if you weren't a fanboy like i'm not a comic book dude i don't know enough yeah. about it but like dude i was so into thanos and like the yeah, last yeah. movie like and i was like it was low-key science like oh shit like yeah with like quantum entanglement and like did in multiverses that shit is being talked about in all science papers right now Absolutely. So it's kind of like, yeah it's, totally it's not just superman of 79 richard donner it's much more uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, all that shit. I love when they kind of get into some real shit and people are t- like the fact that like Neil deGrasse Tyson has to break shit down every now and again where they're like, well, they were kind of right about this. And you're like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, they were. <laughs> There's timelines. But like, yeah. the escapism is the escapism. But it's I don't know. You could escape in a fucking gangster movie, too. I mean, totally. Absolutely. And also, yeah. that's the thing, too, man. It's like if I'm going to pay close to fucking $40 to go out to see a movie with someone plus food and drink. You better take me to space. I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want to see George Clooney at 60 struggling with seven. Wi- I don't give a fuck. I don't care. So you want to, you want to go in the 4d theater. Like I do. You yes. want those speakers right by your ass. Yes. You want to be yes. able to order Mac and cheese with truffle and yes. you, you can't just watch Marry Me. Sorry, J-Lo. We love you. But <laughs> you you want to go to Xenon. You want to follow yeah. that origin story, that sh- that blue chick in Guardians Absolutely. too. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, man. Um, well, we're getting close, man. I want to talk about your podcast real quick. Uh, I, I sure. fucking love your podcast, man. It's, it's crazy good. The guests that you have on are great. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm just... I don't want to say reaching, but like with the documentary style that you kind of did, you touch on a lot of personal topics as far as performing goes with different people that I really love. Like I like seeing, you know, an actor's perspective on, um, you know, the struggle of performing and things like that. And maybe like, you know, dealing with the same shit you had to deal with starting out and on the road, stuff like that. Is that, is that what you tried to do when you first started it? You bring those real elements into it? Um, well, you mean my pot or when I started this journey? When you started the podcast, I feel like. Oh. Yeah. We're, when I started you, the it, pod, well, well, I'm sorry to cut you off. Is, is no, that, no, it's fine. When I started the pod, I was like, basically in a nutshell, we're dinner entertainment, right? Like you were saying, like comedy still at this day is fighting yeah. for the respect in this in this in this universe right like i mean mm-hmm. you could say that court jesters always had the king's ear and maybe after they cut off three other people's heads the court jesters still around but you know he was always a minute away from yeah. being in one of those stretched machines right like yeah so but we were literally called the court jesters you know but who i i trust bill burr more than i trust cnn for information yeah. you know what i'm saying so comics right. are that and and that's mm-hmm. you know a good comic is you know where we're at like george carlin or Pryor telling you these harsh realities and then giving you sugar at the end so you can digest it right right so yeah. to me i started the pod because i didn't i didn't you know people have a lot of preconceived notions of me and how i am and i am all those things i am fun i'm light. i can be goofy do characters and be big but there's a lot of deeper topics i want to talk about 
Yeah. And what pods have done is, is shown comedians other side. So if I can put those out there and build that, you know, faction of my audience and then mm. use my skill set to go sell them to you live and make them a little funnier without the pressure of having to get a laugh every 10 seconds. That that's why I did it. And, and also just to share, like it's therapy for me. Like I want to, I just, the curtain is, there's no peel back the curtains. There's no curtain. It's just right. done. Like to me, it's just like, we're fucking want to connect. It's there's no, everybody there's no more false airs. Yeah. Like you said, the slap was little, but it was very big. And people are going, oh, you, you know, all these people make a big deal about this and that. But like I said, the, the anger and the violence, which was there for it was just because it was Chris. It was just so disrespectful to one of the greatest of all time. Would, 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 uh, would someone else would, would Yo-Yo Ma, like, I'm not even being funny, go and fucking right. smack the shit at a stock Perlman. Like, it's just insane. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because he didn't like the way he hit a fucking cord. Like, right. So it's, it, there's a lot of deeper things that connect with it. And so. That's where we're at. I don't, I don't think we have time for games anymore. It's like people don't want bullshit. They want nourishing fucking food. And that's what yes. I want to do in my pod. I want to nourish them. I don't want to talk about stupid shit. Yeah, that's great, man. And it does do exactly that, too, which is awesome, dude. Um, I got to ask you the big three questions we ask every guest. Absolutely. I'd, I had oh. a comment earlier, too. I just wanted to pull up. Sure. In case that's anybody awesome. else has questions, shoot them at us. We'll get them after the big three. But uh, Model Newbie said, Jamie, SDSC misses you in your poolside reports. Also running low on bone broth. (laughs) (laughs) Social distancing social club. What's up, my people? (laughs) I had the best time uh, with Steve and Ben and Bowers during the beginning of this pandemic. I used to do a a report every Friday from my pool. So big, big shout out to my people from SDSE. Nice. Yeah, we appreciate them checking in um yeah thanks thanks for watching everybody uh so big three questions are um first one is if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today what would it be um it's it's, it's either between it's all gonna work out or nothing really matters Mm. but i kind of already subscribed to nothing really matters but I get okay. tense in moments where I don't think something's going to work out, but it is. But I don't want to tell the younger self that it doesn't matter. They don't try enough. But somebody had this. In, somebody who's more successful than me told me, "What do you care about your legacy for? Mm-hmm. You're going to be dead." Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it, it hit me like an arrow, and I was like, "You're right." He's like, "You, you fucking in the dirt. You're worried about with your fucking flap, your picture." And I was like. <laughs> Yeah. It just, dude, it fucked me up. And I was kind of took the pressure off. It just hit me 51 years old. I was like, it's kind of true. But you obviously still want to do shit. So you don't want to be total lethargic. But I would tell myself just ease. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, Second question is, what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Ooh. Um, I would say, you know, traditional Hollywood. It didn't end, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't come as easy as it did to me. And I mean, I still work in it, but that enough shunning from that or "Mm, we're not into him right now led me to this, which 
is low-key more exciting than I've been in a long time because I can put it out and I control it and people seem yeah. to like it. So that makes me feel like I was totally wrong in my beliefs. Oh, that's an awesome fucking answer. That's great. That's great um, from like a creator perspective, right? Yeah. Like you finally have full control. And it's no longer yeah. put into some anybody else's hands. Yeah. And it's, you know, as long as you play within the rules, I mean, we do have some rules on these platforms, but they're pretty lenient, but you know, sure. as long as you don't go crazy. You yeah. want to hear something crazy? Yeah, I, I knew. I, are you going to tell him? Yeah. Listen to yeah. this, right? We did a 24-hour <laughs> MS marathon. So we did and a bunch of great guests, including Art from Everclear came on because he's an MS warrior. My wife has. So that's one of the reasons why we did it. We raised a ton of money. We had a yeah. great time. We had so many incredible guests all throughout for the 24 hours. One gentleman at 4 a.m. in the morning oh my God. Who, who's from – it was a big band back in the day, right? yeah. He, uh, we'll tell he, you backstage if you hang if you hang out backstage. Yeah, we'll tell I'll you, tell you backstage. who it was because we had that to pull you, down. We had did to it pull get down you dinged? Tree, well, no, we pulled it down. We lost having it out there on our platforms. Yeah, because he took his dick out and waved it around on air, and mm-hmm. we're like, "What?" Like, yeah, man. ripped it right out, and we're like, "Why would you do that on a twenty-four hour like fundraiser that's going out on national MS benefit yeah, on, the, on their event. platforms too?" Yeah. Sick. Multiple sclerosis was his kink. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that could be it. That's Which funny. is fine if he would have donated Dude. big. Yeah, if he would have don- <laughs> yeah. donated. Did he donate big or did he donate? No, small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, he whipped his dick out. Whipped his dick, Dude, and 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 the craziest thing is, is like. We didn't even there was it was me and Tom because Tom and I stayed up for 24 hours for the charity thing. There wasn't even any is he in the women or men? He wasn't even yeah. any women. <laughs> there was no the chicks on at all. Nobody. <laughs> and the craziest fucking thing is, is it was one, like you could tell that this guy had done that shit before. Because no, we don't know how he got his fucking pants down, man. It was one minute he was focused <laughs> and with us, and the next minute pants were down and dick well, was, was out. Around. It was nuts. And his dick was out. Yeah. yeah, and what yeah. was it? What was did he say? The reason his dick was out for? Oh, oh we pulled him. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, to Tom right pulled him drink. like real fucking quick. I was like, and we, we were just get, like, we're, we're gonna end up with a strike on us. I'm not and, trying to get it get a strike yeah. on the platform. I would have gotten a, a fucking ban or some like shit on the channel. And the other thing is too is like we were 11 hours in already, so it's not like we could even like cut it real quick and just start it over again. We were like, yeah. fuck. So, yeah, Plus, you're tired, so you don't know is that his nose? Is it a dick? <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. That's just a weird. I didn't know we were going to go there with that story, but that's no. tell me off air. <laughs> we might yeah, have yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, out. well, hang out that's backstage. I'll tell you who it is. You get in trouble for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in this day and age, that's the funniest yeah. part. We're like, what the fuck. Like so he's very late. It. That's very late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> Indeed. So what you're Indeed. saying is we were visited by a time traveler. That's exactly. actually kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> if we're got a silver lining, this shit. Indeed. Oh, Lindsay actually mind. has a question, too. She wants to know what your most embarrassing comedy moment is with another comedian. Ooh. Oh, God, Lindsay. That's like, you know, like, like, uh, embarrassing. Uh, embarrassing. Um. I, okay, I'm not going to name names, but not embarrassing. Just like, well, yeah. I did one of my first guest spots on TV. It was on a show. I'm not going to name it, but it was for a big network that does 
comedy only. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the person that had the show did not want me on the show. And they introduced me. They basically, it wasn't embarrassing. But it was, I knew that I was not wanted on the show, but like oh. the network wanted me. And um, they said, you know, this next guy, um, he's not really funny, but he's cute. Please put your hands together wow. for Jamie Kennedy. And um, whatever that is, I was that, that term. I'm oh, that fucking. Like, oh. Low-key butthurt. But what a big dick move. Well, especially <laughs> when you're about to do TV. <laughs> I think eventually they made the person tape it, but that was the first. So I did my set, and then they had to go do a pickup. But that was. Oh, good. what a fucking so, dick yeah. move. <laughs> I got a few of those, but I'm sure we yeah. all do. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. We get to trade those names off air afterwards. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And and last question ties in with the show. It's my favorite question. So if this is a genuine, a genuine dystopia, more so than it already is, but let's say alien zombies, uh, fucking comet heading toward the earth. It's the last day. How does Jamie Kennedy uh, go out swinging? What's your epic death? Oh, jeez, Jesus! Wow, this is. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I've done so so much that I've been very fortunate, and mm. I haven't drank in a while. And it's not that I'm Ooh. sober, but I just was like, I'm gonna, you know. And I, part of me would like grab a bottle of red and grab like two Percocets because that's a really good feeling. Um, <laughs> part of me might be, you know, in some type of sexual situation. I don't know. <laughs> but a part of me just might be praying with the rosaries, dude. I might go back to my early altar boy days and just try to figure, is there a spot for me? I might go there. I'm at that place in my life where I might just rosary it up, dude. <laughs> All right. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to tell you rosary right now. And so, rosary and Percocet. Rosary and Percocet? All right. I, I'm telling you right now what I'm thinking because we, 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 uh, we have an artist uh, that draws everybody's answer to that question for the album cover of the podcast episode, right? So here's what I'm thinking for you. You're uh you're, you're having sex, praying with a Percocet and a fucking bottle right next to you. That's what I'm thinking. I smell a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a hoodie in that, bro. That's fucking <laughs> great, man. Up. We'll we'll get you one. Oh, that's so awesome, dude. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us, man. I appreciate it. Dude, thank you, and I appreciate you, you know, having me. And I'm sorry, like, get busy. It's like funny because in these DMs, I have these people that I'm like, oh, I forgot that DM. And yeah. So I'm glad that we have. I'll give you my number too. We yeah, just please, DM man. Me. Awesome. Too many DM in 2022. It's okay, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out backstage real quick, man. We'll we'll be right back with you. All right, brother. We'll Thanks see you in a little guys. bit. Thanks, man. Dystopia tonight.